Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I was alone, I took a ride, I didn't know what I would find there. Another road where maybe I could see another kind of mind there. Ooh, and I suddenly see you. Ooh, did I tell you I need you? was watching you that a Netflix special on that crooked NBA referee Tim Donnie yesterday. Pretty good. Did you see that yet, Macedonia Bill? I mean, it was it was a bunch of lies, but did you see it? Yeah, your your names aren't enough to snuff. It's Donahue. What did I call him? Donahue. Whatever. I saw my friend Danny Bianculo in that though. The yeah, that was, was good though. I, loved I did it. see it. That, the whole the whole thing was the documentary is really really good. Yeah. I mean, did you follow that whole story all the way through? Uh, kind of. I, I a little bit. It's like uh, I'm, I'm jaded on some parts. Everybody but... wanted that guy dead. The mob wanted him dead. The NBA wanted him dead. The, uh, I mean, everybody. The, the, yeah. the FBI wanted him dead. <laughs> it's terrible. Well, you know, the one thing, the one people, uh, group of people you never mess with is betters. Right. They're right. the most dangerous people on earth. They definitely are. Yeah. Well, they're, they're uh, desperate, so. Exactly. Check it out. To lose. Yeah, Danny did a good job in that. My, um, I'm only a couple days removed from this book signing I had in Brooklyn at Michael's of Brooklyn, and a lot of fine people showed up. My beautiful wife, friends, uh, listeners, some famous people, Frank Morano, Marianne of Brooklyn. But the biggest name in the House was Congressman Peter King. And, of course, of course, his uh, right-hand lady, Melissa Zim. And any time the Rosenbergs do anything, Peter King is there. He has really, really become, over the last couple of years, not just a dear friend but family. To me, Danielle, Avon Gabriel, he is uh, one of the great politicians alongside Rudy Giuliani in the history of New York, four decades taking care of Long Islanders and Americans, right? Homeland Security, all that great stuff. And we are fortunate to have Peter King on every Wednesday at 840. And today he's endorsing my dear friend out of Queens, Thomas Sullivan. Good morning, Peter. How are you, pal? Hey, Sid, I'm doing great. And that was a great event you had. I tell you, there were so many real people there at Michaels of Brooklyn. They were, again, genuine American people, people who love their country, love their city, love their state. Great to be with them. You had veterans there. You had really everyone. It was just great. It was great seeing Danielle. And, again, you had the Sullivan brothers. And Tom Sullivan, as you said, is running for the assembly in the 23rd District. I am proud to endorse him. He's a veteran. He's a man from the community. He's going to represent hardworking, middle-income taxpayers, homeowners, the people who make the city and state work. So I'm, I'm proud to endorse him. I'll do whatever I can for him. And the, the fact that he's so close to you, again, shows his, his bearings are right. He knows, he knows what to do. Thank he's you. run for the Senate, state Senate before, made a very good race in a very tough district. I think he can do it this year. But people have to get out and vote. They can't just stay home and complain. They've got to get out and vote. You've got a guy like Tom Sullivan. People say, oh, politicians, you can't trust them. You can trust Tom Sullivan. He's the guy you want. He's a guy, he's, he's a combat war veteran. I mean, this guy is, you know, the real deal. And he's active in the community. He loves the community. He and his brothers have done so much for the community. So I'm, again, urging everyone, 
you know, to vote for Tom Sullivan, his Republican conservative candidate in the 23rd district. You just made his whole day. All he's ever wanted, I swear to God, was an endorsement from you. He looks up to you, and you're right. He was in Afghanistan. He was in Iraq. He was in Kuwait. And by the way, was also there on 9-11 and literally, literally took people on his back and saved them from dying at the World Trade Center. How could you possibly, possibly find a better American than that? How? Uh, to me, this is the, uh, the ideal person you want. When you talk about trying to find a citizen soldier, find a, a, a citizen statesman, you, you got it in Tom Sullivan. Also, I could add on to that. I, I see you having uh, Cara Castronova on later in the yes, show. Yes. I will be at a, an event for her tonight at King Umberto's in Elmont, endorsing her and supporting her. She's also, you send Tom Sullivan and Cara Castronova to Albany, we can straighten this house. Yeah, she does a good job. She defends all those folks that are still in prison January 6th, all that nonsense. And, she, of course, she's uh, dating John Tobacco, a good friend of mine from Newsmax. So she'll join us uh, coming up at 925. And she's excited to see you tonight. I think Rudy Giuliani is going to be there, Joe the Box from the America First Warehouse. So be a big event on Long Island later on tonight. She'll join us at 925 after Gordon Chang. You know, Pete, I can't take the back and forth you know, one day these Democrats want to defund the police. The next day they want to fund the police. Here's Joe Biden. You talk about a set of balls. Here's Joe Biden in the state of Pennsylvania yesterday out there, you know, rallying for Fetterman and, uh, and Shapiro. And he's talking about how he wants to fund the police and he loves the police and the community has to trust the police. Who is he kidding? Everybody he endorses, Peter, the last couple of years hates the police. What am I missing here? He is an absolute fraud, and the Democratic Party, they're the ultimate hypocrites on this. You go back to that summer of 2020, you couldn't find any Democrats saying a good word about the cops. Every night there were riots in the streets, people throwing Molotov cocktails, bricks, cops being killed, uh, police stations being attacked and burned and bombed. Yet all was going on that whole summer, and yet people like uh, Kamala Harris saying she would post bail for the rioters. You had Joe Biden talking about these being peaceful demonstrations. Not one person come out and denounced what was going on night after night. Here in New York, Andrew Cuomo was out in the street the night after cops were being hit with bricks and Molotov cocktails thrown at them. He said he's proud to stand with the protesters. <laughs> they weren't protesters. They were rioters. That was a whole summer. We're not talking about one spontaneous event. These were coordinated, organized Black Lives Matter and Tifa out there. And all you heard from Joe Biden was systemic racism. The first time he gave a State of the Union speech after he was elected, he spoke about the systemic racism of the criminal justice system. That's the cops he's talking about. He's saying they're racist. And now he, he says we should fund them. I didn't hear him saying that all during the summer of 2020 when city after city, like right here in New York, uh, New York City Council defunded the cops. Cops are being attacked brutally. So, no, that was, the, to me, if you're talking about insurrection, if you're talking about civil war, if you're talking about violence, the violence was carried out, the organized violence carried out in the summer of 2020 by Black Lives Matter and Antifa and the Democratic enablers is one of the greatest disgraces, the worst disgraces in the history of this country. Not only that they were carried out, but the Democrats enabled them and supported them. You know, I think the last thing you want, Peter King, if you're Eric Adams talking about New York City or Kathy Hochul talking about the state, is uh, people to leave. We have had people leave this state because of the crime, because of the taxes, because of the filth, and a variety of other reasons, leaving this state in record numbers. And the last thing, Peter, you would ever expect is the mayor and or the governor to actually ask people to leave. But, 
at a Pat Ryan rally last Monday night, the day before Election Day. There was Governor Hochul talking directly to Mark Molinaro, Lee Zeldin, and President Trump. And she said, and I quote, actually, you've got it ready to go? Listen, play this for Peter King. This is Kathy Hochul last Monday. The fate of democracy in this country. That's what we're fighting for, my friends. We are fighting for democracy. We're fighting to bring government back to the people and out of the hands of dictators. And we're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro, just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town. Get out of town. Because you, re- you don't represent our values. So we're at the point now, Peter, where if you disagree with somebody who's okay with the criminals running wild in the streets, we should leave? Yeah, it's really insane. Here they are telling people to leave the state, leave the city if, if you disagree with them, yet they're welcoming illegal immigrants into the city. I mean, this is absolutely the world turned upside down. But no, there's a real arrogance there. If you don't like me, leave. I mean, that's uh, – <laughs> uh, and again, not only is that bad form – it's also hurting us economically because the people who are leaving are the people who provide the jobs, the people who provide the revenues, the people who, uh, whose tax dollars are able to fund the programs that these liberals want to have. So, no, this is it's wrong in every way. It's counterproductive. It's, uh, but it's also arrogant, and it's really arrogance to the extreme, and it shows what they're really all about. It's their way or the highway, which is why we have to get behind Lee Zeldin. We can't be talking about other issues. It's crime. It's crime. So I was contacted by a good friend of mine whose daughter lives in a really beautiful neighborhood in Suffolk County. And last week, uh, the daughter went out for about 20 minutes to the store. The teenage son was left at home. And while he was in the house, people broke into the house. Oh, my God. Dogs broke into the house, took everything. He was able to go out the back door. By the time the cops got there and he was able to find his mother, because she was like coming up the street in the car, and he actually went to him. I mean, they were robbing the house. Oh These guys God. walked off with a fortune in, in jewelries and everything else. But that's not really what they were concerned about, to have these guys breaking into a house in the middle of the day in a upper-middle-income area. To do that, it shows how brazen they are. Yep, yep. I mean, that's, that's the Jeez. thing. In the past, even during the 70s and 80s, even when crime was bad, but you didn't have people openly attacking cops in the middle of the day. You didn't have people on, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, 52nd Street, Madison Avenue, at 11 o'clock being cold cocked. You didn't have any of that. And you have it today because there's no consequences for crime. No, there's no consequences for crime. There's no consequences for migrants crossing the border illegally. There are no consequences. In fact, I had a nice conversation with uh, your good friend, the Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman on the show a couple of days ago, and um, we talked about Nassau County. Lovely place. Danielle's there every day in Great Neck. Beautiful towns. And he said, Sid, much like you just mentioned in Suffolk County, we've got break-ins. We've got car robberies. Look, people are going to go, Peter, where there's money and affluence, obviously. That's where criminals are going to go. So he said, listen, even Nassau County, it has become crazy and rel- relatively unsafe. That comes from the executive himself. Yeah, I mean, thank God we have Pat Ryder, a great police department. We have Ann Donnelly, the DA. But with all of that, no, Nassau County is very concerned about crime. It's coming in from New York City. It's coming in from New Jersey. 
And it's also we have our own homegrown criminals. And criminals are smart people. Uh, if they use their brains for something else, you know, the country would be a lot better. But they watch. They know what the cops can do and not do. They know where people are vulnerable and not vulnerable. And in the past, you would never hear of somebody openly going after cops, going into these uh, upper-income areas because they knew that the cops would get them. They knew that there would be such a reaction now. They feel like they get caught. Listen, when they are watching television and they see guys walking in with garbage bags to CVS and other pharmacies and just throwing stuff in and walking out, and the <laughs> security guy has to stand there and let them do it. I mean, I remember the days when if a guy grabbed a you know, pack of gum, they'd grab you and they'd have you locked up. I mean, now you can just go in and, you know, Take whatever you want, or people raiding jewelry stores in the middle of the day. This is it's this disrespectful law, and it starts with the guys who, uh, you know, uh, jump the tolls at the subways. Yep. People who spit on the sidewalk. People who, uh, uh, you know, throw crap all over the street and all that. That is a start, and that's why when Bill Bratton and Rudy Giuliani started cracking down on uh, quality of life crimes, it worked its way up. It sends a signal. Uh, if I'm going to be locked up for jumping the toll at the subway, God knows what's going to happen to me if they catch me with a gun. <laughs> so that's why, again, I said there were millions of guns when Rudy became mayor. There may have still been millions of guns afterwards, but they weren't being used. They were being kept at home. They were hidden because these guys knew if they were stopped and frisked and found with a gun, they had mandatory jail sentence. Now, you know, they don't worry about it. It's just a different world that's been created. This is all in the last few years. I said the last three or four years, it was accelerated by the George Floyd riots, by the way the Democrats enable them, by the bail reform laws here in New York, by judges who uh, uh, you know, don't have the guts to uh, put people in jail, prosecutors like Alvin Bragg, who brag about the fact, Bragg brags about the fact That's that good. he's not going to enforce the criminal law. I mean, this is, the yeah. world is gone. I know I was talking to several former police commissioners, and they said, now, how, no matter how bad it ever got in the city, they knew the district attorneys were with them. So they had that on their side. They know the U.S. attorneys were with them. Now the district attorneys are against them. Yep. So, I mean, basically it's the cops on their own against the criminals, against the judges, against the prosecutors. That's a tough thing. And also, in many cases, the mainstream media are against yep. them. That's why they're walking out before they even get their benefits. Yep. So I know you're a big uh, sports fan like me, uh, Met fan specifically, Mets and Dodgers later on tonight. But uh, right across the street... There'll be Serena Williams back on the court in a tough spot tonight against a two-seed. But there's somebody missing, somebody pretty good. In fact, he's the best men's player in the world, Novak Djokovic. And he's not allowed in because he's not vaccinated. Here you've got maybe the biggest sporting event of the year in New York, and the best player can't come. Peter King, how does that make any sense? No, it doesn't. I can see them doing it during the height of COVID. You know, we were concerned. Uh, we didn't know what all the answers were, so better to be safe than sorry. But now, no, absolutely not. I mean, let's face it. Like at uh, City Field, Yankee Stadium, we got forty, forty-five thousand people all in the stands. No one knows who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated. And to have a again the greatest player in the world, to me, this is just being blind. Let him in. Let him play. And again, it means so much to. Uh, you know, the country, we've got to come back. We've got to come back in COVID. And right. one way to do it is, you know, to let him in the country, let him play. To me, this is uh, a tremendous overreaction. Where were you, Peter King, in 1987, on June 12th of 1987, when Ronald Reagan stood there in front of Mikhail Gorbachev and said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I was I was here in New York, but I remember watching that and seeing it, and uh, and that's why. Listen, I think Gorbachev did a great job 
and uh, really ending the Cold War. But it was Ronald Reagan who pushed him into that. Reagan, Reagan kept pushing for more and more and more. I don't think at the beginning of this, Gorbachev intended to go as far as he did. Reagan was a tough negotiator, yet, yet he knew how to negotiate. He knew how to give and take. So I think Gorbachev and Reagan both deserve credit. Unfortunately, if you read like the, you know, the, uh, the press reports, Gorbachev ended the Cold War. No, Gorbachev and Reagan, primarily Reagan, right. ended the Cold War. That's true. He put the Soviets in a position where they could no longer compete with us militarily. Gorbachev realized that was going to bankrupt Russia, and also he realized that uh, Reagan had firmed up support in Europe with our allies. Uh, he saw that uh, he was being hemmed in. So Gorbachev, and again, I gave him credit. He had the vision to realize the Soviet system, the communist system in uh, Soviet Union, Russia, can no longer survive. And he tried to accommodate it as much as possible, do it in a peaceful way. But no, Ronald Reagan deserves more credit. You have, you have Ronald Reagan, you have uh, Pope John Paul II, and you have Gorbachev. And I give them all credit. But to me, Reagan deserves the most. On the way out, 30 seconds, are you ready to admit or willing to admit that Ronald Reagan, best president in your lifetime? Oh, yeah, I would say so, yeah. He wow. achieved more than any, any, any president. I mean, whoever thought that the Soviet Union was going to collapse? I mean, right. that was going to be right. – I mean, nobody you, – you go back to 1981 when he took the oath of office. You couldn't find one, one scholar, one expert, one anything, one diplomat who was going to say that by the end of Reagan's two terms, the Soviet Union was going to be just about gone and that uh, – in fact, it would be – it was gone soon after he left, but all that was in place. When Ronald Reagan left office, the Soviet Union was a defeated power. And yet for 40 years, we've been petrified of a nuclear war with the Soviet Union. And then because of Reagan, the Soviet Union was gone. So, no, he did uh, tremendous. And also, he brought the economy back in a tre tremendous way after the failed policies of Jimmy Carter, who I think is the real godfather of Joe Biden. <laughs> if you go back and listen to these last 16 minutes, Peter, I mean, from, a, from a, an Italian restaurant in Brooklyn to Tom Sullivan to Joe Biden to policing to the tennis at the U.S. Open to Djokovic to Mikhail Gorbachev to Ronald Reagan to Jimmy Carter, you're a genius. You're a genius. I mean it. I wouldn't go that far, but I just hope the Mets win tonight. <laughs> got to <laughs> so do, do it tonight. So do I. No, you really are great. You're an amazing guest and a super guy. I love you. So does Tom Sullivan, and so does New York. Thank you so much for Saturday and for what you do every week here with us. Peter King, you're the best. I love you. Thank you. And your book is great. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. I, how about that? I can die now. I'm dead serious. I can die now. Peter King. Quote, write this down, Macedonia. Peter King and your book is great. <laughs> Fourth and final hour, coming up next. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at at info at gobbolaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.